Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quickwire Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Tony Basilio Show. Brian Hartman filling in for Tony Basilio. Sean Sinclair is alongside. We have a guest-intensive program, a guest-packed two hours for you coming up. I'll set the lineup. Right after the timeout, we'll take a call from Joe Kirk, the U.S., the Tennessee women's soccer coach who led Tennessee to the NCAA tournament for the third straight year. And they'll face Xavier on the road. He'll tell us about it on the other side. Following Joe Kurt is Watson Brown. Wednesdays with Watson segment will be heard as usual. And then in the second hour, Adam Sparks around 1230. So maybe the first part of the second hour, we can take a few calls. But for right now, hold them. I'm going to take a timeout. Sean and I will be back on the other side. We'll have UT women's soccer coach Joe Kurt after this. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Tony Basilio Show. Brian Harbin, Sean Sinclair filling in for a recovering Tony B. As I bring in the co-host, my co-host on Wednesday, our normal Wednesday, is Sean Sinclair, DDS. Sean Sinclair, welcome. Hey, Brian, thanks for having me on, and uh, um, we'll try to hold the fort down. I, apparently, uh, Tony went into the injury tent on the sideline and hasn't come out yet. So, you know, that that, that guy works harder than 20 good men uh, working. And so for him to be out and about, um, he's got to really be down. So that probably would have put me in an iron lung, whatever he's got going on. So I wish him the best. Hope he comes back because I certainly miss him. But, uh, we'll, uh, we'll hold it down and, uh, try to get through everyone through. Well, may not be as entertaining without Tony, but, uh, we'll do our best. Yeah. We try to be informative if, if anything else, if we can't really be too entertaining and too funny, but we will, we will make it up. We will make up for that in other, in other areas as I want to, get our guest list going on joe kurt's going to join us here in a few minutes he's going to call as we set that up and then following that watson brown our normal wednesday with watson he'll certainly liven up the room won't he sean 
Hey, well, I enjoy that Wednesday. And it's, it's interesting. When you told me last night you were going to have the soccer coach on, uh, I started thinking about, you know, it's kind of this life has a transfer portal, I guess, a little ways. You you wonder, you know, the assumption is when they leave you, uh, you know, you're bringing in and you, you focus on the new one. We, you know, we bring in uh, Dalton Connect and uh, Justin Ganey, and they've obviously helped the team. But, you know, last night you had the battle of, former transfers with uh, UNC Asheville playing at Michigan, and both Drew Pember and uh, Olivia Kamwa had big games. And so it just makes you think, you know, what would what would Tennessee look like? Kamwa went for 25 and 8 or something like that last night, and Pember was a uh, conference player of the year last year, I think, something like that. But he obviously he's turned into a player. It, different settings, different games, different all that, I get it. But it just, and I'm not... Uh, bemoaning that they left, but you, it's not always, uh, you know, who you, who you got. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, wonder what they would look like here, but I wish both those guys, uh, uh, a great rest of their career. Hope they succeed. Hope they had a good time at Tennessee. And, and boy, those new guys really looked for their first real game at Tennessee, albeit against a, a lesser opponent. Um, those two guys really looked good the other night. So Kamwa goes off for 25 points, huh? He went off for, uh, he, yep, he started, and, he, you know, they they lost the big man uh, to Kansas, I think, Dickinson. Dickinson. Yes. And so now they're playing the three forwards. But, yeah, uh, a nice stat line, 11-16 from the field, uh, seven rebounds, you know, one for four from three point twenty five points, led uh, led Michigan, which is, you know, we've seen Michigan in the tournament, uh uh, they're, they're a quality program right now and uh, have been for a while. And, uh, so who knows? I, w- I wish him well. I kind of like him, but, you know, uh, we, we've had history with that young man and, uh, we'll see what happens in the next couple of games because he, you know, he torched Duke and then, uh, in the tournament that one year and then kind of fell asleep the next game. So, uh, but I wish him well. Yeah, and Michigan knows that they might get 25 points for the rest of the month out of him, right? Well, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> you know, it's uh, you know, it's um, it depends on the situation. How, you're not, you know, Rick Barnes has his ways. Um, I forget who's their coach, the big man from the Fab, Jawan Howard. Fab, Jawan Howard. Yeah, yeah, John. Yeah, well, you know, and he maybe have his ways, which would be a little different. But it will be it will be interesting to see because. Conway certainly had his highlights here, and uh, against Duke, just uh, destroyed them, a one-man show. And so, uh, I have to, I have to admit, I will be looking at the at the box scores throughout the year to see how he's doing. You think they've stolen any signs up there for the basketball team? I don't know. That's getting interesting. I I was watching a little bit uh, this morning uh, uh, on YouTube uh, a little show that. Uh, Jay Graham and Aaron Hayden were doing. I can't reference where to go find it, but they were talking about it, and they they implied that there might, with all the that's going on, it may be a lot more than just simple sign stealing. And um, I don't know if the NCA or people have a problem with Michigan, but well, like we talked about it, since they've been winning at a much greater frequency with the sign stealing than they have without. That makes you wonder. 
Yeah, especially the turnaround, sudden turnaround against Ohio State where they had all kinds of trouble and they never could beat them. And then all of a sudden they just ran them off the field two straight years. Yeah, and, that's, and, the, that's and the, what really thing that caught my mind was that Michigan hasn't changed. I mean, they, they, they don't have a Heisman Trophy player there. Uh, they're not a dynamic passing game. They pretty much are the same program they've been for 30 years. Run the ball, stop the run, uh, and go from there. And, um, you know, it, you walk into Ohio Stadium and just pound them, that something's up. Uh, I don't I don't mean they can't win the game, but the way they've just been, I, I think earlier in the year you guys were talking about after week three or four, only one only one play had been run, something just ridiculous. Inside the 10-yard line. In, in, yeah, inside the ten yard line, that's that's unheard of. That's a that's a that's a sign of dominance that you just can't have. Now, are they still doing the sign signal? I don't know, um, but it'll it'll be interesting uh, to see what Coach Brown says about all that. Yeah, and I think eighty percent of their games, I don't think they need any help in. They're beating. They're be- they're just better than teams like Purdue. They're better than teams like Illinois. They're better than most of the teams on their schedule. But where they really get the edge is in big games, like say against Penn State, who they played this weekend, and Ohio State. True, uh, but I think it's human nature that when you have the quote unquote cheat code, uh, not many people, and I would put myself in that category as well. Not many people, when you have an added resource, when you have a cheat code when you have this very few people will not look at it regardless of the opponent on the other side it's just a natural crutch that we all seem to we all seem to uh fall into uh that pattern so i don't know i i just i'm not sure if people want to go after um harbaugh uh, because his family's kind of prickly His, his dad and his brother kind of cut out of the same cloth so i think there are a lot of people that have grudges against them is this that or is it a legitimate you know a a legitimate uh, cheating scandal while we wait on joe kurt i'm going to go ahead and put a caller up here and see what we got here we're going to go to our first call welcome to the show well what happened hello sir well I guess they gotta wake up first, right? That's I'm sorry, I couldn't hear him. Yeah, I couldn't hear him either. Let's go to um and I know he'll be there. Joe Kurt, the UT women's soccer coach, as we segue into our piece with him. Joe, coach, welcome. Congratulations on making it back to the NCAA tournament. Thank you, thank you. Excited always excited to wear the dancing shoes in November, so we're happy. Yeah, you found out Monday when they unveiled the field i'd have to say you're going on the road to play a four seed xavier were you guys nervous watching that did you expect to make it um i mean i think you know we were in a spot we felt good but um you know with the the new overtime rules and the amount of draws and ties that that have kind of come into place talked a lot about top 50 results and as a result a, a tie or a win don't have a lot of wins. We've got a lot of really good draws um, against top 50 teams. So felt good about what we had done and, and our overall performance. Um, but you never know, right? It, it's, it's not an automatic berth. It's not an automatic 
given that you're going to get there, and we're, you know, our RPI was in a good place um, where we felt comfortable, but you never know. So, yeah, I was, was relieved and kept us waiting um, a little bit longer than maybe we would have liked uh, with the last, kind of the last eight, but um, in terms of the reveal. But, no, we were we we're excited. The team's excited. Um, you know, it's been a, been a, a difficult year in terms of injuries and, and um, just player availability, and our team's been phenomenal all year, and, continuing to fight and compete and excited for them to have that opportunity to continue on in the tournament. Speaking of competing as Sean, go ahead. Hey coach, um, for the, for our listeners that follow Tennessee, no matter what sport it is, but really haven't, uh, had the opportunity or haven't paid as close attention as they'd like to the lady ball soccer team this year. Can you give us a, a, a quick cliff note of how the year went? You mentioned injuries. I, I looked up your um, I looked up your 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 record this year last night, and it, it, it probably some things you'd like to have gone a little different way. But just give us the 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 quick review of of what happened this year. Yeah, no, it's been I've started off from you know did really well in non conference, dropped a game to SMU that probably would have liked to have back, but um, had a really good start to the year, and, and you know as as kind of things. Um, Kind of, kind of progressed. Lost, you know, lost better part of ten players um, to, to injury. So we've been been managing that as well as a couple other players out um, periodically for for some things. So it's been a it's been a challenging year in, in that regard. But our team's been been really great. I think there's been some results in in the in the SEC and league play that uh, some ties. You know, gave away a, a, a penalty, questionable penalty against South Carolina in the last two minutes. Missed a penalty against Kentucky. Both of those were draws. Um, so it's been it's been a year where we've given up some goals that probably wish we could get back that are that are a little bit soft and just kind of out of character for us. So, um, but our team's been extremely competitive. Their fight, their their confidence on the ball, um, they've been they've been phenomenal all year in terms of their their competitive fight and representing um, certainly the university and program at a high level. Uh, you know, Cameron Simmons was in Australia for the World Cup with Jamaica earlier this summer. Um, she's had a really a really great year, two big goals, um, you know, scoring against Vanderbilt um, to get the game winner there at the end of the regular season to beat Vanderbilt 1-0. And, um, got a good goal against Auburn in the conference tournament, gave away two soft goals after that off the corner and a ball in behind. But, um, you know, our, our, our team's been um, been really good. They've been um, they've been confident on the ball and, and competitive, and their fight and spirit has been tremendous. So, started off the year well and then teams just been rolling with some of the punches like it's been kind of all right next as, as much as we hate to say it next next lady ball up um and and um but they've been so supportive of one another and in, in in terms of getting their having each other's back and, and stepping up and competing and uh, finding a way to get in the NCAA tournament um in spite of uh, a lot of adversity along the way so really proud of the group and in their fight and competitiveness and yeah there's certainly some results that um, wish we'd had back, um, but overall, about shot the majority of our opponents and, and had the better of it. But uh, give away some goals against the run of play, which, which we got to be better at. But um, they're uh, they're an attacking group and, and love getting a goal. And um, yeah, it, it's been it's been a, a fun year, a challenging year, uh, but wouldn't want to do it with anybody else. Um, well, good, group's been Coach. Uh, big picture thing here. Um, whether whatever sport you follow, speaking to the listeners as a head coach, 
How do you look? I'm a I'm a longtime Chelsea Football Club uh, supporter, yep. and uh, this past year or so, we've had, I mean, just like you say, ten ten people, and, you know, and the fans keep wanting you to produce it the same way uh, without sure. it. Like if you took if you took down two uh, cylinders on your eight cylinder engine, it's not going to run the same no matter how much you want it to. Uh, how does a coach look at that stuff? Do you start? Is it is it just bad luck? Is it? Uh, I know you guys use the, the the best technology with GPS and nutrition is on point, et cetera. Does it just come down to sometimes just bad luck for a head coach? I mean, yeah, we we obviously try and take it take as much information as we can get and apply it and control what we can control, but. The, you know the nature of what we do it is it is uncontrolled it's unpredictable um and it, it's part part of it and and sometimes you get a, a bad streak of just bad luck um you know other parts of its contact some of its non-contact some of it's just random but we you know we're extremely mindful of, of their uh our student athletes well-being in, in terms of how we structure our our training sessions our weeks all of that, our preparation from warm-up, um, you know, our, our support staff and performance and sports medicine, uh, you know, are hands-on. So, you know, players know that we're doing everything we can to make sure that they're in an environment where they're they're safe and, and they're able to perform at a high level. Um, so it, it is it's it's um, something we we look at every day and, and talk through and prepare for and try and do the best best we can to prevent it. And I think we do a great job of that, but. Uh, you know, sometimes life happens and, and smacks you in the face a little bit, which is which is probably the one of the most difficult parts of what we do. Is you know, players want to, they want to play, they want to compete, and um, when that's taken away from them, you, you feel bad because it's um, it's a big part of who they are. It's not not the only thing, but it's what they love to do. And um, so, yeah, it, it's you know, as, as much as we try and stay ahead of it and, and do a great job with it, sometimes it just uh, bites you. Speaking of all this, I'd say it's a good bet that the what puts you in the tournament might have been the mad rally against Mississippi State on the road where I think you were down 0-3 deep in the second half and ended up tying that game, getting three yep. late goals. Talk about that Correct. night and how that might have been instrumental in seeing your name pop up the other day. Yeah, obviously we had some some good results on the road in, in you know South Carolina as well, but Mississippi State and and you know we were down in that game three three starting backs um, in that game and and again we had players step up and, and do a great job and, and you know you talk about the spirit and competitive fight of our team it's no clearer than that um, you know being down three goals and, and coming back to, to equalize and, and honestly you know hopefully get a chance to win the game, but it just shows what, what their commitment is. And, and yeah, it, it matters like that. You know, there's a number of games you can point to any, you know, probably any, any game that, um, that matters when you get a result in, in looking at the committee and getting in, but, um, to do that on the road against, um, some of the, you know, some of the adversity we had, we had to travel down the day of the game. Um, Alabama football was there. So we're, we're traveling down the day of the game to have to play and get there. It just, it was, it was a lot, and, and our team responded when their backs were against the wall no different than when they had to go to Vanderbilt. Um, their their competitiveness and, and their want to, to win and, and 
perform for one another was huge. And, and just, again, talking about the adversity, and finding a way to get, get a result when we need to. And, um, you know, wish we had more results on the year, um, put ourselves in position to get them. But we got to go out and grab them. Nothing's, nothing's going to be handed to you in this league. you got to go grab it. And they did so um, to finish that game out and uh, was extremely proud of, of that effort and, and fight. And, um, yeah, it, it's, it's what's made this, what's gotten this team through has been that. Um, not just that game, but that approach game in and game out. And talk about your seniors a little bit that's winding, winding down their careers and, and what they've meant yeah. to the program. Yeah, I mean, they've been, they've been through it all. And, and you know, obviously with, with getting here and, and a lot of them, you know, almost all of them being a part of, you know, part of our SEC run in, in a tournament two years ago and, and obviously Brian leaving and being here and uh, being together as, as they continue to drive this program forward. Um, you know, their leadership has been tremendous. Um, they've been through it. They've been great in terms of bringing our young players in and, and helping them understand what, what this program is about on and off the field. And, um, Again, with any athlete here, the what they invest in 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 each other and in the program day in and day out. Um, you know, like I said earlier, wouldn't wouldn't want to wouldn't want to go through this with anybody else because of their passion and investment and care for one another. And, um, they love what they do. They love playing for Tennessee. Um, and they love being a part of this program. And it's so fortunate to have the ability to to help them and, and uh, be a part of that journey for them. But no, they've been they've been instrumental in in our in our team. And, who we are, um, our identity, and uh, we'll, we'll certainly miss them. It's a big group. They're a big part of our team, um, no doubt, and we'll, we'll miss them going forward. Um, certainly their presence, their their leadership, um, their guidance, all of it has been uh, they've been a big part of our program for a long time. And we've got a, a really talented group coming in, um, best class in the SEC, um, 12th nationally. So we've got some talented players coming in, but they're young, and we'll miss this group for sure. Hey, Coach, uh, looking forward, uh, all it takes is a hot goalie and a couple of good breaks go your way, a couple of counters that uh, uh, just yeah. fall that way. What is it, uh, once you're in the dance, it doesn't matter uh, who you play. You just keep on surviving and move forward. What has to happen yeah. for the Lady Vols to move through the bracket a little bit here? Yeah, I think, it, you know, We've got to continue to be who we are. We've got to be good in possession. Um, and we've got to clean up, you know, we've got to clean up little moments that are in our control. You look at the goal we gave up against Auburn. It's just a, a big ball over the top from a goalkeeper that we don't deal with. And talked about our ability just to, to risk versus reward and, and getting rid of risk and, and being mindful of that, just not allowing teams to, to not work for goals. And, you know, A&M game was a little bit of that too, or giving them a goal and, and just, don't let it, we can't let ourselves um, take a break. Like there are no breaks because in any moment you can get caught, and, and we've exposed teams in moments and, and have been great. And so I think it's it's that piece of being being focused for ninety minutes. And when we do that, we're we're really difficult to beat. And we've got we've got a, an attacking group that certainly are going to create chances and, and put pressure on teams and feel like we can you know we can score. Um, just we've got to be a you know, be a little bit better in, in terms of protecting the game and, and doing that. So I think those two things is, you know, obviously we need good goalkeeping. We need somebody to step up and score, but feel like we've got enough players that can do that. Uh, but we got to keep, um, 
kind of keep teams, be able to win games one nothing, and be able to win games 4-3. And I think we have the ability to do that. We've shown the ability to do that. Um, now we've got to got to find a way in the day. Like say, survive in advance, and each each opponent presents a different challenge. And um, you know we have that in, in Xavier this weekend. So we're you know we're excited about a little uh, little rematch from last year. So uh, I know our players are motivated and excited to, to get over the get past the first one one at a time. Um, but excited about who our first round opponent is. Um, and I have a big picture question for you. You must be thankful that you're not in the Big Ten where you could have a conference game literally on the other coast, on the, on both coasts. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. I mean, I get I get the football-related side of it, um, but when you're talking about league games and Rutgers playing UCLA and Maryland playing um, USC and or like it's just it's for, for teams that, that are playing multiple games in a weekend and try, it's, I don't know. It's a lot. So thankful that um, our league is is regional and, and you know it just it takes a lot of that fatigue off players. Like it's it's difficult. Um, it's difficult. So yeah, the landscape certainly has changed, um, continuing to change. But but really happy with where our league is and what we're doing and the quality you know the quality of our league. Um, you know, right now, the top league in the country and, and certainly has been in a lot of sports, but soccer's. Soccer's coming um, coming on strong. You know, we've been in the top three or four nationally, and I think this year the RPI of our league is number one in the country. So, um, you know, now it's about our league getting getting into a college cup consistently and, and winning another national championship. That's what our coaches are about. That's what we're about here and putting ourselves in position to do so. As we visit with Joe Kurt, the head coach of the UT Lady Vols soccer team, they get to – Go on the road to face Xavier. What time is your match? What day this weekend? And yep, Saturday at four o'clock. Um, I don't know what they have up there as far as Big East Network and TV. I haven't. I've gotten that. I've been, uh, been more more looking at what they've done in the past and what we have going on in the future. But Saturday at four p.m. I know you can follow on, on certainly on Twitter, and I'm sure there'll be more details there. I would imagine there's some streaming, but I haven't got there yet. But Saturday at four o'clock. Um, I don't know what time football plays, but could be the second football game of the day. I don't know what time they play Missouri. So three thirty. Um, yeah. So anyway, best of luck and bring home a win and hopefully we get to see you back in the Regal before the season's would, out. Would, I hope so. I hope so. Um, but appreciate you guys having me on and appreciate the support of the entire community all year. We had some some uh, some great crowds. Uh, it's been exciting. They provide a great environment. Uh, we got to reciprocate that with uh, winning some games at home, too. No more draws. we got to win some games here. Right on. That's what it's all about, winning, right? We're, 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 Coach, we're proud of you either way, but uh, bring us home some victories. You got it. That's what we're about. We're going to do it. Thanks, man. Thank you, Good Coach. luck. That's all the, right. Thanks, guys. That's, uh, that's Joe Kurt, head coach of the UT Ladies soccer team. They get set to play the Xavier Musketeers in Cincinnati on Saturday at four. Unfortunately, Sean, that's right there in the football game, which is a three thirty kick on CBS. But certainly, during timeouts, there'll be some time to go looking for their score, and hopefully, there is something good news to see. Yeah, and I have to admit, I haven't been as diligent in looking up their games. I haven't, I haven't seen a game on TV this year. That's my fault. Uh, uh, it, it's it's interesting. I was thinking this the other night that uh, that. Why some sports uh, resonate with you and some don't, and it's um, 
for whatever reason, uh, uh, women's basketball doesn't resonate with me. That's nothing against those ladies, but I love softball and I love women's soccer. And, um, so, you know, the, the, you know, lady haters or what, you know, whatever, don't, don't come at me because I, but I, I, I'm just not sure why, but I've always, I've always enjoyed the times I've gone over and watched, um, uh, the lady balls play soccer and it's just that I'm, I'm surprised. Sorry about that, but I'm surprised at the high level of play that you get to watch. So I wish them all the best and hope they surprise a few folks and, um, next year, hopefully not so much, uh, with the injury bug and we can really get after him. I guess, uh, I looked up last night and Pinsky, uh, our former coach is, uh, has the number one team. I, I know Florida State is usually up there, but I think they're unbeaten and ranked number one overall. So, uh, uh, as long as they don't play us, I hope, uh, coach Pinsky, uh, has success because he was certainly nice to Tony in the program. Yeah. We'll certainly catch up with him down the line if they're still alive in this thing and we like coach Penske we certainly want to wish him the best of luck so anyway Sean on the other side we're going to get to Watson Brown our normal Wednesdays with Watson on these very same airwaves Tony does a great job with him we hope we can just do half as good a job as he normally does with that Sean and I'm sure you're the half that will shine in this one anyway I will drop off here for a few we'll be right back this is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Hey gang, Carl Wayne Meekins here. I want you guys to come out and see us live on Veterans Day, 11-11-23, 7 p.m. Guitar and Cadillac Hall that sits right on top of Puckett's in Columbia, Tennessee. Got a huge lineup for you. We've got Troy Kemp, Katrina Burgoyne, myself and my band, and then the legend Jimmy Wayne's going to come in for a few songs. Going to be a big night in Columbia, and Columbia ain't going to be the same. Okay, so get your tickets at eventbrite.com. Guitar and Cadillacs, Carl Wayne Meekins. We'll see you there. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. As we are back to a Wednesday edition of the Tony Basilio Show, Brian Hartman filling in for Tony Sean Sinclair is alongside. We go to our normal Wednesday guest, Watson Brown, Coach Brown. Welcome, and we appreciate you joining us. Thanks, Brian. Glad to do it, man. It's always an honor to be on with you guys. The balls. Go ahead, Sean. Coach, uh, you know what? I've, I've said this over the last several years is that we wait all summer and, uh, and for that first football game, and then you blink your eyes and you're about to carve turkey, and then you're about to open presents. We're we're already in the the final third or the final quarter of the season here, and um, you know one thing that uh, uh, Coach Heupel has said throughout the year is that good teams get better and um i don't know if good teams get great but good teams get better and i think we're starting to see that i I know it last week is not representative of of everything we see but i do believe that tennessee is starting to play better football uh that at the beginning of the year things are kind of coming together getting some more people back uh from injuries etc what are your thoughts on that 
Yeah, I would add good and lucky teams get better. Um, I think that injury in today's world is such a big piece of this. And, and you lose one guy sometimes, and you can move five guys to, to, to fix one and or four guys to fix one. And when you, when you don't have a bunch of injuries, especially to the two things, to the same position uh, or to a critical position, uh, you can have some injuries. So luck has got a little bit to do with that, in my opinion, in an injury way. But I do think that all teams get better unless they're playing with different players, if, if they're capable of getting better and, and they want to get better, Sean. That's the way I would say it. And you get better when your team's together, they're listening to what they're being told through, through the coaches and, and, um, you put the team first and then all of a sudden everything slowly starts getting better. Things get better. Teams get better when individuals get better. So when each individual improves, then the team does overall. I think that's a little bit of another misconception is, well, the team's getting better. No, individuals get better, which makes the team get better. And, um, and all individuals should get better as the year goes on. I don't care if you're a senior or you're a freshman. You should get better as the season goes on. So what individuals do you see on Tennessee's team that stand out to you as getting better that you've seen? Oh, the quarterback. The quarterback. He, he has improved the receivers. They have improved. They're slowly starting to look more like what we would have expected them to do at the start of the year. Uh, I, Way too high of expectations on those two positions, in my opinion. Um, brought on by the win over Clemson um, at the end of the year. But the facts are the facts, and there are certain things that each one of those had to get better at. The Tennessee offense is simple in a lot of ways, complicated to certain positions. I don't think it's very complicated to the offensive lineman compared to uh, other positions. I don't think it's overly complicated to the running back position. But the quarterback and the receivers, throwing the tight end in there because they split him out an awful lot, it's pretty complicated in his offense. And uh, uh, good or bad, that's the way that I see it because I've run a lot of the things he's doing uh, in, in, in different ways. And it's once they get it, you always heard that riding the bike. I don't know if that's it, but... Once they get it, the game slows down, guys. Till they get it, the game's very fast to them. And uh, I always told my quarterbacks, the game should be like the Tennessee waltz. You learn to, you learn the Tennessee waltz, uh, you're going to play good at quarterback. And so it, it, it slows it down, it's smooth, and uh, I think that's what I'm starting to see in those two positions. Coach, when you uh big picture thing here, when you look at a – we're obviously going to play a high-quality team in Missouri. Surprising, uh, but they are they provide any number of challenges in all three phases. Big picture thing here, as a head coach, which stats mean something to you? I mean, it seems like every day there's a new stat created, a new marker that changes. I can't even keep up, quite frankly. But which ones year-to-year, game-to-game – catch your attention when you're preparing for another team number absolute number one and you go and look at the 
through the NFL, they've, they, they come out with those percentages ever so often. The number one stats, turnovers, turnover ratio. Number one, by far, it's the number one stat. And, uh, you lose that, you're going, and you're playing an equal team, you usually lose the game. I'd say 80% more chance. If you're playing somebody as good as you, uh, now if you're a lot better than somebody, it don't show as bad. But if you, if it's an equal team, you've got to take care of the football and you've got to, you've got to get stops through turnovers. You get stops really in two different ways. You get a stop through a turnover or you get a stop through changing the chains, which gets them in long yardage, and then they can't make it up. That's the two biggest ways to get those stops. And and uh, that that's so critical because everybody can move the ball in today's world a little bit, but it, it comes to, to points. And and a go for it on fourth down, it's, it, it, I've always said this, and that's why I've watched these this analytical stuff that I hear all the time. You go for it on fourth down, you don't make it. It's a turnover. You're giving them the ball right where you got it. That's what a turnover does. Some turnovers don't even do that because it might be a long pass and then and you intercept it 30 yards down the field. But uh, turnovers and b- ball possession is such a big thing. The second thing, I think, in the Tennessee style with the real fast pace, which I've run and I, I, I totally understand it, is its number of plays. Is such a big stat in fast pace, not time of possession, number of plays. So if you've made somebody play 90 plays and your defense has played 60 plays, that's over a quarter of difference in a game. So I've watched the fast pace ones at half. If they've got the, if they're up there in that 45, 55 range at halftime, that that second half's not going to be easy on the defense on the other side of the ball. And I've watched many teams wilt in fourth quarters just because they're flat wore out. So I think that's such a big piece in Josh's style of play. And if, they, if they're making him go three and out, it also doubles on you, Sean and Brian, to me the other way. Because now you're the one not moving the ball, and you're giving it back to the other side really fast. I mean – if you're fast paced and you go three and out, your defense hasn't gotten a drink of water yet. They're they're coming right back out there. So when you run that style, I think you've got to win the number of play battle. Absolutely, you've got to win the number of play battle, and you've got to score points, guys, in that style of offense. You know, you, know, you can't you can't win twenty to seventeen. You've got to score points. If you're going to go that fast, one thing about turnovers though is, is if you can prevent somebody from scoring off your turnovers, that gives you an edge there. If they score off your turnovers, and you that that's also a factors in. Yes, it is. But when you're a fifty-fifty with a team, you stop them about fifty percent of the time if you're lucky. Uh, if you're better than somebody, that's where that turnover don't matter as much because you're doing exactly what you're saying. You stop them, and you just get the ball right back. And Tennessee did that once. Um, uh, what game was it? The one before Connecticut. They had a big stop Kentucky. after a, after I think it was a fourth down they went for, which again I call a turnover, and they stopped them. And then I think it was was it Alabama I'm talking about? I think it was. Yes. Uh, it was Alabama. Then the next time they did that, they didn't. And honestly, it had a big big difference in turning the game around. I thought. Hey, coach. Uh, looking at Missouri, they have a lot of the same pieces they've had over the past couple of years. 
but something is awfully changed here. When you look at them, what do you see different about them? What do you see? I know they have some good coordinators, uh, but Cook's been there. Burden's not a freshman. They, they've had some. They've done a lot of good things over the years, but they've taken another step this year. What? What do you see that uh, you could tell the fans to look for, or what do you see that really impresses you with what Coach Drinkwitz is doing? Well, I see a lot of the same faces. That's that's one thing I see, and uh, and I see a much more confident team than I saw last year or the year before. They don't seem to tank it when something goes bad. They stay. They stay in a lot better frame of mind. Hang in there. We can turn this around. And by far, I think it's the best offense I've seen them with. So, so when you've got that really good offense, you hang in games because you can score enough points to still be around in fourth quarters. But I just see a, a different confident piece in this team than I've seen in years past. And, and, uh, I can remember vividly when I was at Vanderbilt as a coordinator and, and, um, I was there for two years. I took, went in there with a junior kind of oriented team and we were okay. We four and seven moved the ball real well. I'll blow, but we get to that next year and those kids had been there playing. They're older, they're experienced and they had learned how to win. And we won a lot of close games just because of a confidence to what we're doing and, we can do this. And that's what I see in Missouri, and that's why I think they're so dangerous. Everybody wants to look at Missouri in the past. This ain't the past Missouri team. I think this is the best team I've seen there in quite a while. Coach, you, you, when, I look at, um, when I look at Tennessee, game-to-game, it's, it, game, it's something different. We'll, we'll have a dominant pass rush against a quality team. Uh, then, as you said last week, we'll sit in a soft zone and give up. We'll bend but don't break, uh, forgive the cliche there, uh, et cetera. Um, and we, 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 the reason I started off with stats is, uh, the question was Tennessee seems to be very good at, uh, at slowing the run down. However, very porous in the past. So in my feeble mind, it, it I, I'm not sure how that works. You're, are you great? Are you bad? Are you indifferent? What is what do you think Tennessee has to do this week on defense to slow a running a, a quality running quarterback plus an accurate thrower with some dangerous wide receivers? They they look very much like a mirror of, of Tennessee. Yeah, and I, I would say have a great offensive game. I'll start with that. Uh, Tennessee's got to help their defense this week and have a great offensive game and make that Missouri defense play a lot of snaps. I would go fast. I don't see this as a low-scoring game whatsoever. I don't. Uh, I think it'll be a high-scoring game, and that's the first thing. And then Tennessee's got to do exactly what you said. Uh, when you're playing an athletic quarterback, it slows the rush down even more because what you have to do is if you can't beat the guy off the snout, you have to keep leverage. You have to push him back into leverage of the quarterback. You cannot go by the quarterback if it's an athletic guy. You cannot do it. He'll kill you. So you have to press the leverage of the guy your own unless you beat him right off the spot with a quick twist or or just beat him around the corner or come underneath him. But if you don't do that immediately, now you press the pocket, which means you're not going to get yourself free as much. 
but you've got to put people all around him. So they've got to get people in his face and, and not give him lanes to throw in and don't let him break contain. Uh, it's all, I hated to tell my defense that when I was a coach. I hated to. But pass rush is determined off of four-man rush. Can you get there with four? If you can't, you got one or two choices. You're going to rush three and defend, or you're going to bring five or more. Well, there's pluses and minuses for sure to both of those. The safest thing a good defense can do is rush you with four and then playing with seven in the coverages and all the different things you can play in disguise is the best way. I just think the Heat's, that there's a lot of talk about the Tennessee defense this week. I think the Heat's on the offense. They've got they've got to go and, and score points is, this week. Does Missouri look like a defense Tennessee can have success running on? Because that's what they do. That They give up big running games against good teams they play so far. Absolutely. And Missouri's down there, in my opinion, guys saying, okay, are we going to play them with five or six in the box or are we going to mix it up and try to get seven in the box to stop this run? Because, honestly, since the start of the year, everybody is playing them with, with five or six in the box. And what I think everybody's decided on Tennessee, that's another reason I think that the passing stats are down is because on these chain downs, the early downs when Tennessee's within the chains, everybody has decided, I don't want these big plays in the passing game. We'll take five, six, seven-yard runs. We'll be patient with it. Make them score uh, and, and take more plays to score than they're playing. And when we get close, we may take some chances. But everybody this year has played them the same way. And, uh, and Tennessee's been able to handle it because they've run the ball well in most games. In the Florida game, they didn't run it as well and lost. In the Alabama game, they didn't run it as well and lost. They got great running backs, and they and the offensive line is is getting better and better. So, I think that they'll be patient and and try to make them work to get scores and work really hard not to give up the easy ones, the first, the one play scores. Coach, I'm noticing this time of year. Uh, head coaches are starting. I think Lincoln Riley fired his defensive coordinator last week. Um, Deion Sanders changed his offensive coordinator. Neither seemed to work to their favor. As a head coach in the middle of the season, does that, does that seem desperate to you? Does it really work? I can remember, I can remember back in the day when Tennessee made a change from Ken Donahue, obviously a legendary defensive coordinator. Uh, and uh, uh, switch things around to some success as they went from a three-four to a four-three. Can you talk about the relationship that the and the and kind of the aloneness that the head coach has to be objective in looking at a lot of times his friends here and the productive productivity he's getting or not getting and and how those decisions are made. Who? What a great question because it does it. it the human aspect comes into this big time. And I think I was at Vanderbilt when that happened to Coach Donahue. I believe I'm right about that. And uh, and was that when, when my friend Doug Matthews took it over? It's when Coach man. Matthews uh, was the running back coach. There was a, because uh, I was there, took was it the, over he was the running back coach. And we had an open week, and he went became the defensive coordinator. 
Yeah, and and Doug ended up my last year being my defensive coordinator at Vanderbilt. Doug and I were roommates in college on on away games. Uh, so it was we've been we've been good friends forever. Yeah, that it, it's tough. Uh, I've never demoted a coach during the season. That don't mean it's right or wrong. I, I never did that. It's not something that I'm that it's written down. I will never do that. I just never did. I think when it happens. Um, I've made switches at the end of the year, not very often. Uh, I haven't, I, but I did, and Doug was part of that when I made a switch at Vanderbilt and brought Doug in and brought Steve Sloan in as my offensive coordinator uh, at Vanderbilt. But I think what happens is when you feel like the players don't respect or don't trust the guy that's doing it, like, let's say if it's the defensive coordinator, if the defense, you can feel the defensive players have lost respect or don't think that uh, what he's doing will work or whatever. Our personalities have now jumped and he's eating them alive and they're not responding to it, whatever it might be. I think that's when the guys do it most of the time. I don't think a head coach that, that's a, that's good, um, would do it because of image or the fans want it or I, I think it's done because he just feels like oh my gosh my players have lost respect here and and I think it's very drastic when it happens and uh, I think it's really hard to turn that around you've got to be mighty lucky to have another guy on the staff that can completely turn that around Um uh, uh, to do that. Like I say, that one's hard on me because I never had to do it, but I dang sure understand it, and I really believe, guys, that's the reason that a head coach would do that. Watson, I've got one question, and I want to wrap it up with this. What happened Saturday in Columbia? I think I think Tennessee wins in a, in a high-scoring game. Not, not, not real, real high, but I think 30s, maybe 30s to 20 maybe high 30s to low 30s, I think Tennessee wins because I think this will be their best offensive game. I see the quarterback getting better. I see the receivers getting better. And this is the week that I think they take the next step. This is the game of the year, guys. I'm telling you for Tennessee. This is the game of the year. They get this one on the road with Georgia coming to town. This could be a great finish for them. And Luther uh, Burton may be banged up for Missouri, so there's there's a question mark there. Yes, and that's a big question mark. Uh, but this is the game now to me. Through the Alabama one, all that, but now this one, going on the road and beat Missouri, which I think is going to be very hard. I think it's going to be a toss-up game. But I believe Tennessee, because Tennessee's had success against these guys. And I remember one year, was it three years ago, last time they went up there, they absolutely whacked Could have scored 100 if they wanted. Yeah, could have scored all they wanted. That don't leave your heads now. Uh, that That's still there. Now, the Missouri kids, I think, have grown up a lot since then. But I think that's sitting there in Tennessee's mind. Hey, man, and a lot of kids were, that were on that team that are still around uh, that we went in there and this, this place didn't bother us. Uh, that's why I just believe in a close game and it's going to be – Maybe the most fun game to watch that they've had this year, in my opinion, will be this game. Coach, we do appreciate your time, and we look forward to next week, next Wednesday. Glad to do it, guys. Thank, Thank you, Coach. Coach Watson Brown, 
and Wednesdays with Watson on the Tony Basilio Show. Sean, we're going to take a top-of-the-hour timeout, and we'll be back on the other side, and we'll take some calls. We'll take a few until Adam Sparks joins at the bottom of the hour. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. 
Hey, Columbia, this is Sabian Beard with the Columbia Noon Rotary Club with some information and an invitation for you. If you don't already know about Rotary, it's an organization over 100 years old that focuses on service in the community, service through vocation, and service to the next generation. Many of our community figureheads participate in the local Rotary Clubs, and we need your help. Our main fundraiser for our service projects is the legendary Pancake Day, held on Saturday, November 11th from 6 to 4. Tickets are $10 for one or $25 for three, and may be purchased at the door or from any Noon Rotary member. Help us continue to serve your community and enjoy a splendid breakfast with your neighbors. See you there. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Wednesday edition of the Tony Basilio Show starts hour two right now as we'll take you on up to about one o'clock Eastern on these airwaves. We'll be back tomorrow. Tony is recovering from a long weekend. Brian Hartman, Sean Sinclair filling in for him as I'm going to go take our first call of the day, the number to call in on. I give it out for the first time, 865-200-5426. But no, 865-200-5402 is the number to call in on, 865-200-5402. Let's take our first call here. Let's go to Peggy. Peggy, it's an honor. Hey, good morning, guys. Or is it, I guess it's still morning. It is where I'm sitting. Okay, it's just afternoon. It's 12.09 Eastern. 11.09 okay. Central. We'll, we'll call it brunch right. then. We're in between. Yeah, We're transitioning from morning Tony's to evening. Tony's not feeling good. Well, I'll tell you, he's the hardest working man in, in East Tennessee show business. That's right. He hey, deserves it. Well, what a good cause, though. I've been doing a little research. You know, I've never heard of that, but let me tell you. At, let me ever who come up that what a cause. I mean, let, that's a that's a good thing. That's wonderful. I put a never heard of it myself, but back in the day, back in the nineties, hey, I know a lot of people that could have used that for you know, if just a single mom at home or just the guy got in trouble. There's a lot of little kids I know that ain't never been to a YouTube all game. And it's, they might as well be going to the White House, honey. It's a thrill. Yeah, it's something they'll remember forever. And oh, yes, sweetheart. There's a lot of adults that's never been. I tell you, I know a lot of adults around here that has never. And it's because they can't afford it, not because they just don't like it. You know, we do have still some pockets up here in the hollers and stuff that we, you know, plus people's proud, too. You know what I mean? Uh, they ain't going to admit that. I, that made me get an idea. I said, I'm going to come up with something and see if we can take some older people that's never been to a UT ball game. Y'all inspired me. That sounds like a great idea. Hopefully you're successful. Hey, hey, another thing, sweetie. I wanted to say, uh, tell Tony to get well. I just heard, you know, like you said, he was sick. And I wondered if he, uh, how, is this his second day being sick or his first day? Well, it's, we're, I'm filling in yesterday and today, and 
hopefully Tony's getting better and better, and hopefully by the end of the week he'll be able to meet everyone at Calhoun's on the river, but he's got to be careful. He's got to kind of ease back into it. He's He's been yeah, – the weekend took a lot out of you. you know, yeah, the weekend the weekend he had with the Amachi tailgate, which is what you referred to there. And yeah. Amachi is a – helps kids that have a, one or two parents incarcerated. It gives them a mentor to help the kid along and spend a few hours a month with the kid, and they, they, they actually – do things together, and it's a very good thing to get involved with. So that's what uh, that's what we were referring, referencing there. And Marchi, because yes. I can look, people can look it up online. Yes, it's got, is that uh, uh, just a Marchi dot com or whatever? Yeah, it's under the uh, it's under a an umbrella there for uh, that that's uh, that does things like that in the in the greater. Well, I community. retweeted yeah the post that had y'all the picture in it and right. i explained it you know just knowing what i learned a little bit about it but hoping it would spark somebody's curiosity interest you know whatever and i was here and they said something about it. even if you can't do a lot you can volunteer like four hours a week and a lot any of us can do that yeah oh yes definitely and so I just wanted to give y'all a shout out and tell you that you're doing a great job. Well, thank you, Peggy. And I'll uh, I will uh, keep a listen. Look, I was going to get uh, my mom to make one of those famous cakes. I was, when he asked me my favorite type, uh, we was talking about Joshy boys. Right. And I was going to get her to make one and bring it down there for Tony B. But I want to put that on hold till we see if Tony. B, not B. <laughs> I'm left right B, B, Tony B and B. This is getting a little complicated. Well, once the... I'm going to make sure he's well before I have her to bake that cake. One's the hardest working guy in show business, and the other one's the hardest working baseball coach you'll ever Yeah. Yeah, I'll have her make him that cake, and let me take what. I'll have her make you all the meals she made for you when Tanya Tucker used to come in. And I'd go get her after a show at Dollywood, and we'd come through Jones's Cove, and my mom would cook them chicken and dumplings, some fried green tomatoes, corn on the cob, you know, kind of what's ever in season, homemade chocolate pie. But that's, uh, I'm going to have her make y'all a meal one day, and I swear I'll bring it to you, because y'all are hardworking, too. Well, thank you so much. Thank okay, you. sweetie. Well, I'm going to get off of here, and uh, listen, Watson Brown's got me pumped. I'm a believer. Yeah. I'm going to take the next train to Clarksville. Yeah. The sky is the limit. Sky's the limit. Love you guys. See you, Peggy. That's Peggy. As she jumps off, you can jump on 865-200-5402, 865-200-5402. Adam Sparks coming up. Adam with the Knoxville News Sentinel comes up at toward the bottom of the hour in the second half of hour two. Sean, um... I think I I can feel a possible happy ending for Saturday's game in Columbia for the Vols. I think uh, I think Missouri is a good matchup for Josh Heupel. I think it's kind of like Kentucky. It's it's Missouri wants to kind of do what Heupel does, except Heupel has better players. I think overall, so far he has an edge in talent. In I, I don't. I hope you're right. Uh, I don't. Um, I. I don't see it being an easy game. Uh, I'm hoping that um, there's a method to the 
to Tim Tim Banks's madness on defense, and I don't mean that in a critique. I just you know it's it's the modern defense that we just have to get used to. Uh, so um, he's going to make plays. The Brady Cook's going to make plays. Their receivers are as good or better than ours, probably better if we're honest. And uh, they always seem to have a salty defensive line. Uh, but I do like the fact that Joe Milton and the receivers are getting better. I do like the fact that the running game uh, and stopping the run and special teams seem to be great. And as uh, as our good friend Snapper always says, you know, run the football, stop the run, play good special teams, don't turn the ball over, is always the recipe to win at football regardless of the time period. And Tennessee does all those things pretty darn well yeah and i think defensively is where i just believe that tennessee's defense can make one or two more stops i think that's one thing we're not talking about that whichever defense makes one or two more stops is the team that's going to have a big edge in this game let's get our second caller of the show in welcome to the program yes sir go right ahead Hello? Yes, hello. You there? Hello. Go right ahead. Oh, well, sorry. I, boy, you got that one quick, Brian. Yeah, who we got? Freddy? This is Fred. Freddy Jack. Freddy, you're not going to uh, besmirch the great name of Tony this time, aren't you? Are you? Well, I, I wasn't <laughs> asking somebody. He's had somebody come in and check his uh, knee braces. Uh-huh. In regards to, well, if he's uh, if he's doing the lay down Sally on it, uh, yeah, the lay the lay down lineman thing. <laughs> Freddie Jack, what else is on your mind? It takes a lot to get Tony down. Yeah, he's he's. I guess when you when you um, go like he has, it can it can wear you out. Yeah, I don't really know how he does it, to be honest with you. He's uh, we don't either. He's almost for like twenty four seven on. Yeah, I don't know record. if he if he sleeps or what. Lightly, Not much. yeah. Some pockets more than others. Yeah. John, what what do you think? I know you were talking about the game. I think it's going to be pretty close. Uh, it's going to be tough. They've looked pretty good when I've seen them, Missouri. What what did you? Did you say a score? I did not. I, I'm never good at that, Freddie Jack. I'm sorry. That's just not my thing. And uh, I'm. I agree with you. I think it's going to be a very tough game. I'm highly impressed with Missouri. I. I shouldn't be, but I am. And I think. Um, I think what they are good at, we aren't great at, uh, and vice versa. So, uh, I haven't seen. A, have you seen a weather thing? Uh, for, you know, usually at this time of year, it's cold up there and you know, the kind of yucky. And speaking of, the weather looks like it's going to be promising for a rather mild day. I think it's going to be upper fifties, sunshine. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm just I'm not a believer in drink wits, and and that doesn't mean anything as far as the game goes. I really like how um, the defense keeps everything in front of them, and people don't score a lot against Tennessee. I think they're top 20 or 21 in, in points given points per game in the country. 
I like the fact that we can run the ball with pretty much against anybody and have done that. Uh, and I like the emergence of uh, Joe Milton. It seems, you know, how many players get done five years and then they they come on and you think, boy, I, I wish they had another couple years. It just seems to be his time. And uh, so, but I don't know. We This is a game we could come back and have our third loss, to be quite honest with you. What do you think, more importantly? Well, you know, their quarterback's mobile, too. He's pretty elusive. Yep. And we always have trouble with those. He's a good passer. They got good skill players. And a good deal. I mean, and if that Missouri, I'm sure they're going to have some revenge on their mind. We pounded them the last two years, so. And there's a reason we pounded them. You know, they just kind of has his number. I'll tell you, this is going to be the first game where I'm actually going to be okay with a few pass interference calls against us. Because I think, I think as stupid as that sounds, I think that's going to be, I'd rather give up 15 yards and a first down than a 40, 50 yard pass play. Yeah. Yeah, because they've got some receivers can definitely get behind you. So, um, I, I know if we're going to play like a soft zone, uh, like we've kind of been playing, seems like. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I hope, I hope we can, if we can win that one, you know, It'll be rocking for Georgia. Well, it'll be rocking for Georgia anyway, but it'll really be rocking. Yeah, I don't know why. I I can't explain this or prove this, but um, I think we've got something for Georgia this year. I don't know why. And it's not it's not sheepy. It's not anything. It's just uh, Georgia, you know, kind of like when we went down to Miami and, and broke their streak down there and uh, some other things. It's just... It's hard for me to believe a team can go three years perfect or three, you know, without a little chink in their armor. And they're starting to, I know they are playing better, but they aren't the team they were before. So watch us get beat by 50. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I agree with you. If we can get by this one, I think it sets up very well for us next week. Yeah, they lost a lot of talent. I mean, they're still really good, but, you know. Well, no, Bowers gives, gives you a little more hope when you just. They just had too much talent last year, and we were really good. Yep. But anyway, all right, guys, thank you so much. Have a good day. You're doing a good Thanks job. Thanks for calling, man. That's Freddie Jack as he jumps on. So there is a opening for you, 865-200-5402. We'll take a couple more. We'll squeeze a couple more, and then we got to get to our guest, Adam Sparks. Let's go to our third call. Welcome to the program. Who do we got? What's going on? This is Rod in Clarksville. Rod in Clarksville. Hey, Sean, I just wanted to ask you, what do you think about uh, our defensive coordinator this week? Probably, you know, like throwing the kitchen sink at Missouri. Do you think that's possible, you know, to change up the monotony? Ron, I just, I can't figure this guy out because it, you know, it, 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 I'd like a shutdown defense, but it just doesn't seem that's in the modern game, so to speak. Uh, I just don't know if... I I kind of think that this is the week that you want to keep everything in front of you. Um, if Leary can beat you like he did, I mean, if he can make if he can pass all over the the field and you still don't score many points, I think Brady Cook's a better player. Quite frankly, um, the the wide receivers are kind of similar. Um, 
I do think that uh, this is the this is a game where you got to rely on the running game for Tennessee um, and limit their. I hate to say, you know, slow it down a bit to to limit the time the defense is on the field. But um, when you when you bring the kitchen sink, you better get there because if you don't, you in our you know our 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 linebackers are you know it's I don't know if Peely's coming back this week or what, but. I don't want to – that guy ran for 100 yards against us last year, if I'm not mistaken. I don't want him to chew us up like Baker Mayfield did or keep games going. What do you think? Well, the reason I say that, bring the Kansas seat, because I think uh, the fact that last week we allowed, you know, Amari Thomas and some other defensive linemen to get some rest, I think that's oh, yeah. going to help yeah. us with our push, you know, in the middle. And I believe yeah. that we could push in the middle and keep him contained or outside, if they wouldn't, you know, sweep too far outside, if they would, you know, sweep inside instead of sweeping going around the outside way, we might get a better chance of, you know, getting after him. Maybe so. What did you think of uh, – I, I really enjoyed watching Elijah Simmons yet last week. Um, you know, he's been here a long time, a lot of unfulfilled potential, and it just seemed like the effort light came on. It seemed like the execution light came on for that young man. I hope he sticks around next year if he has another year. I think he can really improve. But you know, if you have if you have a combination of him and Omari in there, that that's two big war daddies in the middle of that line to tie up the front. You know, the the interior line for Missouri. That's pretty good for those outside guys. I believe at the end of the season, Nico's not going to have any problem. You know, trying to get players that have an extra. You know, COVID year to stay. I don't think that's going to be an issue. That's a great point. Great point. Another thing I wanted to say to you, Sean, uh, or ask you about was what do you th- what did you think last week? I, know, I mean, I know it was Connecticut, but what did you think about our third and fourth string players going in there? You know, playing like they did, like Ricky Gibson and some of these other players. What did you think about that? Well, I, I'm you may not know, this, but I'm a, I'm, I'm going to give you my perspective. Uh, I, I paid for school by being a football manager at UT, and. Um, uh, on a work study scholarship program, whatever. I didn't do anything special or I'm not special by any stretch. Great opportunity. But the one thing I did have was that I, I roomed with walk-ons, uh, two of my very good friends and I knew a lot of other walk-ons. And that was a very non-glamorous existence. Three or four years, uh, you know, you, you just toil on the scout team. You're, uh, fodder for, bigger guys knocking you around there's no limelight whatsoever and for those guys to be able to get on the field i just have a different perspective because that may be the only time that that running back gets to run the ball and his parents get to see him and his girlfriend gets to see him and he gets to tell people the rest of his life there's actual proof on the stat sheet that they were in the game and so i love it i don't give a rip about what Jim Morris says. Um, I, I would have liked a little more time for, um, you know, Nico in there, but when I can watch the Wilk youngster, uh, when I can watch uh, that gentleman that got the sack in, late in the game, uh, he had the sleeve tattoo on one arm, uh, that yes. makes me smile. That may not be the, the answer you're looking for, uh, oh, but I know those backstories, and those backstories don't change even though it's been 30-plus years. Since I've been over there, so I was very, I was very happy to see uh, Navy Schuler in there. Um, I was very, uh, I, I liked 
seeing the Turbyville youngster get a chance to kick a field goal. So I was p- very pleased just to wrap it up. What, what do you think? I, I feel the same way, Sean. I was just tickled to death, you know, because like you said, these guys, you know, they work so hard, you know, in practice, you know, on scout teams or whatever, and then they're lucky enough to, you know, get a scholarship to be on the team. And a lot of people don't understand there's a lot of, there's like 30 guys that never even, you know, touch the field. And it's very, very promising and wonderful for coach to make sure that they had, you know, their chance to, to get out there, like you say. Well, you know what, Paul, add to this. It's not, it's not just the 30 guys. It's the 30 communities that those guys come from. Because even if they're a, if they're a walk on here, a four string, they were probably pretty darn good back in high school. And all those little high school communities around the, around the state get to see their guy in there. And that makes them have a little bit of investment, a little bit of take ownership. If you're just looking for the, hey, I want my backup Nico to get 20 series, I, I get that too. But I think in the big scheme of things, I think letting those guys run the proper offense or the proper defense, not just mop-up time, I think that it sets a tone in your building, on your practice field, in the meeting rooms, that we're all in this together. And that's just that's just one old yeah. guy's opinion. One thing is that when there's a big time player coming from those communities, from that school, that helps them recruit that kind of kid in the future. Exactly. That's another thing to look at. Well, uh, one more last thing. I just want to say that I believe uh, Dylan Sampson is going to be the secret weapon this week in Missouri. I think Dylan gets in the end zone at least twice. Well, I hope so, yeah. You know what? I Ron, I think that um, uh, I think Dante Thornton has a coming out party. What do you think about that? That's a very good point, too. I really do. He's getting his confidence back, and I'm, I'm really liking his swag. He's playing with a little bit more, um, how should I say, He's really paying attention to his details. I agree. You have a great point. He yep. really is. He's paying attention to the details of how, you know, the wide receiver coach wants him to play. And you can see it. So I'm just excited, guys. You know I love you all to death. Go Vols. Thank you, Roddy. Thanks Clark. for calling, my man. Sean, we'll take our last break of the day. And on the other side, I got we got Adam Sparks, who will help us break down what's going to happen here over the next couple games anyway sean sean sinclair brian harvard filling in for tony basilio on this wednesday edition and we'll be back on the other side of this this is big lou maddox and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle tennessee wkom 101.7 fm columbia Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? 
experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-922. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. If you're coping with a chronic condition or injury, your physician may recommend surgery to relieve pain, increase mobility, or improve your overall health. At Murray Regional Health, physicians on our medical staff perform surgical procedures in an array of specialty areas with the most advanced technology available. When you need surgery, count on our experienced surgical team to deliver exceptional care close to home. For more information, go to murrayregional.com surgery. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Amen. As Brian Hartman, Sean Sinclair take you back for the final segment of the Tony Basilio Show, we've got about 25 to play or so, and we're going to do that with a special guest, Adam Sparks, who covers Tennessee for the Knoxville News Sentinel. Adam, thank you for joining us. Good to be on. How you guys doing? We're doing great. Uh, Tennessee's getting ready to get some more work in before they head up to Columbia. And speaking of the players that were held out last week, is there a thought that they're going to play more this week and and be back in the mix? Yeah, uh, a couple of guys that were notable that were out last week were Jabari Small and Omari Thomas. Um, I think both of those guys are going to play this week. And I say that because Josh Hopple, well, for one, Small and, and Thomas were both in uniform, went through warm-ups a little bit, and the, what the word that we got before the game was that they would be among some guys that may be limited or held out for precautionary reasons. And uh, Josh Hopple alluded this week to the fact that they would get some guys back uh, that were just out for precautionary reasons. So I think those two guys, Amari Thomas and Jabari Small, will be back. Arian Carter, not so sure. Um and, uh, Andre Carrig, the offensive guard, last I saw, he still had a boot on his uh, on his left foot, so I, I wouldn't expect him back. Um, and then Keenan Peely's still out. We, we don't know if he's going to play this season or not. It was notable that a minute ago uh, I was on the SEC coaches teleconference, and uh, Eli Drinkwitz was on there for Missouri, and he said Luther Burton, their, obviously their, their stud wide receiver, is uh, is still sort of questionable. Now, sometimes coaches will sandbag that uh, to make the opponent think they're going to be out, but uh, he says he's in a no-contact no jersey at practice, did a few reps yesterday, and they're going to wait till later in the week to decide. I would expect Burton to play, but uh, he's at least limited right now in practice. So it was Peely eligible for a red shirt if he doesn't play at all this year or the rest of the uh, year? He, 
As of right now, no, but he could get one. Uh, it would be a, he would have to get a waiver from the NCAA to get what basically would be, I guess, a seventh year, uh, on his clock. Uh, I mean, he's, he's a unique case in that he took, uh, he took a red shirt when he did his, uh, Mormon mission, uh, when he was, uh, when he was at BYU. And then he lost a year because of injury. Um, and then he had, he got a COVID year. And so it's possible he could get another year. The problem is when you apply for those, uh, waivers, which essentially be a medical red shirt, they, they don't, you don't get an answer for those immediately. So I don't know what the timetable is for him, but let's say he decided to go for the waiver. That means he couldn't play this year. If you couldn't get an answer on the waiver quickly, you, you could go into the off season sort of rolling the dice that you would be allowed to come back for a year. But if you didn't get the waiver, then you, then you should play at the end of this year. We still don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to play, but you know, if he doesn't play in this one, which I don't believe he is, then he's got, uh, he's got what? He's got two games and a, and a bowl game left. So it's, that's a pretty tough decision for him. Sean. Hey, Adam, uh, you're over there quite a bit and, uh, you hear some of the backstories and we had uh, coach Watson Brown on earlier and I mentioned that, uh, uh, coach Heupel often says, uh, good teams get better during the season. It sounds simple, but it, that's not always the case. How would you describe this team right now going into the final quarter of the season? Um, uh, they look to, you know, we talk about Joe Bilton and stuff, but, what, from a journalist's point of view, or from a you know where you sit, how would you describe this team right now? I think they are getting better, uh, but I think sometimes when we say that, we think of players getting better. Well, you know, younger players have played more now, so they're getting better just out of experience. Or, or older players are sort of settling in. I would put that as much on the coaches are getting better, and not not to say that like they were bad coaches early in the season and, and good coaches now, but you, you change out your roster every year. Um, some years are harder than others. Hopple staff going from the 2021 season to the 22 season, it was an easier transition, especially on offense, because most of your team was coming back. So you knew what Ralph Hendon Hooker liked. You knew what Jalen Hyatt could do and Cedric Tillman. You knew what your offensive line was good at and wasn't good at and, and, and on down the line. When they changed over a number of guys this year, it's taken a while for those coaches to figure out what, what they do well. I mean, you had, you had a little bit of movement on the offensive line. You had some transfers up there. You had a new quarterback in Joe Milton, who, who frankly just likes to throw different routes than Hinton Hooker, just like any other quarterback. You've got to find how he's comfortable. Um, you know, late in the year, they've discovered, I think Joe has discovered and communicated to them that he, once he runs a couple of times, it settles him down throwing the ball. And there's certain routes that he throws better after he takes a little bit of contact. Um, you know, there's different tempos that Joe Milton is more comfortable in. Dante Thornton, two games ago, moved to, from slot receiver to outside receiver, and he's suddenly not, not dropping passes anymore. Uh, he, he likes it better out in, in more wide open space and not in the middle of the field as much. And so you, you, these coaches are learning these things week by week, and uh, some coaching staffs don't do that. The fact that Heupel staff has done that made, has made them, frankly, a better offense late in the year. 
has the team found an identity? You talked about that about a month ago before I think they played South Carolina about the team just sort of didn't kind of lack one. What do you think the team's identity is now, and have they found one? Yeah, it's, it's line of scrimmage, um, and it's, that's borrowing a term from uh, a, a phrase that Josh Hopple has used to understand that, but it's accurate. It's, it's the line of scrimmage game. Uh, this is the line of scrimmage team. Um, you know, they going into this game, they lead the SEC in rushing offense, and they lead the SEC in rushing defense. And I, I, I think that's where their identity is. They – they they can run the ball on just about anybody. Well, they have run the ball on anybody so far. Uh, they can't throw it on everybody. They can throw it on people if they run it effectively. Uh, they can't they can't throw it though unless they're running well. So that that tells you how important that ground game is. And if the defensive line is playing really well, they have a pass rush. Yes, but also they're just pushing the line back. Even on run plays, the secondary has performed a lot better. When the defensive line has not been dominant, the secondary has been exposed. So everything starts up front with their line of scrimmage. If they win that battle, um, they're, they're winning. They're winning most of these games, and I think that'll be the case in this one. Some of the young guys that you saw this past week, uh, Ethan Davis obviously looked good. Any any other young guys catch your eye? Yeah, I mean, Nico's the obvious. Ethan Davis, yeah, he did for me. Um, it, you know, Ethan Davis is a guy that, like, there's no question he's going to have to play next year. So some of these guys you look at and say, well, it looks good. Maybe on down the line he'll, you know, he'll he'll become something, but you can be patient. Like like a Cameron Selden would be in that in that category because, you know, I think they're going to have it. They're gonna, they'll probably have at least a couple of these running backs back next year. Samson will be back. Jabari Small might be back. Um, you know, so they can be patient with working Cameron Selden in. So you don't have to see it now. Um, but Ethan Davis is, is a different category. Ethan Davis is going to be one of the two tight ends next year. They're going to have to go get at least one more guy in the portal, but the, their guy that's going to be flexed out, that's going to have to catch the ball, will be Ethan Davis. So he, he, he's got to be ready um, or else. And so when I look at him, I want to see something that shows me that he's ready to contribute to the offense. Maybe even this year, by the way, if he had an injury to Castles or uh, um, or Jacob Warren. And I like what I see out of Ethan Davis. He looks like he, he thinks he belongs. And athletically, he certainly does. Now, he'll have to gain some weight and strength and, and uh, become more of a blocker, inline blocker before next year, but when he's flexed out and he's running routes and catching the ball, he, he looks like he absolutely belongs. I think he has the confidence that he does. Adam, what? why haven't we seen Jacob Warren more the last two weeks? Um, I don't know if that's an injury. Um, I think they've gotten more comfortable with Castles. Um you know, Warren is sort of a finished product. He's he's good around the red zone. Um, you know, he's he's there when you when you need him. Um, he's a he's a very good inline blocker. But you know what he is is sort of what he is. I think you know Jacob Warren has hit his ceiling and his ceiling is reasonably high. McAllen Castles is getting better each week, and it's because he's you know he's a new guy. He's a transfer. He's the guy that came in and thought. If I can do something in the SEC, I can get into the NFL. And 
and Castles is more of the NFL prospect between those two guys. And I think they're starting to find new ways how to use him, and so that's why you're seeing a little more Castle. Were you surprised Nico didn't play more than two series on Saturday, and do you think they wanted to really get a chance to get Gaston and Navy Schuler in the game? Yeah, I was not surprised at all. I had a buddy of mine who's a UT fan who texted me before the game and uh, and asked how long Nico would be in, and this guy you know, thought he, he Nico would go in late second quarter, early third quarter, and play the rest of the game. And I said, nope, that's not going to happen. Uh, I said, he's... Nico's going to play probably, just literally what I said, a couple of series, and it'll be in the second half, and then Gaston Moore will get a series, and then if there's enough time, they're going to give Navy Shuler a few snaps, and that's exactly how it went. They've done this before. Akron um, last games year, Games like think. this where it's a blowout. They want to get Gaston in. He earned it. They want Navy Shuler to get, get some snaps, so you can see old 21 up there. and Everybody enjoyed that. We saw Heath on the sideline smiling about it and so that great moment know. by the way on television yeah yeah it was it was um and, and in the stadium they showed him up on the jumbotron that was cool um but yeah i mean he believes in getting those guys in a game if he can get them in a game and i guess there's two sides of this i wanted to see more nico I just, you know like all of us i just want to see more of him um but you also have to keep in mind that he is the backup this season. We're thinking, I want to see more of him for next year. Um, but what what if he was in later and he, he got injured? He kind of went awkward on that 25-yard run. What if he gets injured late in the game against UConn and then you need him against Georgia or Vandy or a bowl game? You know, he, he's the young five-star freshman, but he's also your only other scholarship quarterback. So I wanted to see more of him, but I sort of understood it and it was, very, very predictable. Sean? Yeah, uh, what are your thoughts on the Michigan situation? Um, I haven't, it seems like some people are digging in, some people say this is a nothing deal. Um, I haven't seen hardcore uh, investigative reporting all this stuff. It just seems like a couple of internet sites are posting pictures. Uh, what what are the, what's the backstory here from the reporter's perspective? Yeah, I mean, there's a number of of, of national media sites that have dug into, especially the, the ones that cover more of the Big Ten than the SEC. Um, it's cheating by NCAA rule, cheating what Connor Stallion did. Um, I, the idea that Jim Harbaugh didn't know about it seems pretty ridiculous to me. Uh, Connor Stallion is standing six feet from Jim Harbaugh and giving instructions to the coordinators on the sideline. I don't think there's any point. There's some. I, I got to think if, if Jim Harbaugh didn't know that at some point during a game, he turns. He may turn to the side and say, "Hey, how come you guys know all the signals? And, and who is this guy who's an analyst who seems to be calling the defense? Uh, you know, what's your name again, Stallion? Yeah, I." I I have a hard time believing that Jim Harbaugh knew nothing about that. Um, he's going to get punished by the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan will dig in their heels and uh, will try some legal action to counter. You're already seeing now that um, Michigan is leaking things about other teams, that they were sharing signals of Michigan's with each other, which, by the way, what they're accusing other teams are, is not against the rules. Coaches do that all the time. They share notes and all that. 
What Michigan is accused of doing, it looks like it's been proven that they did, is to go out and video uh, and and pre-scout opponents. And that's against the NCAA rules. I think while you're seeing a lot of chirping on the background from coaches in different Big Ten schools, but you're not seeing it publicly as much, is because I think we would all be sort of shocked if we knew what all these teams and all these coaches do to get to get one leg up on their opponent. And I mean every team in the country, you know, they call each other, they compare notes, um, they tell little secrets to each other. If you fire an assistant coach and he goes somewhere else, he's bringing the knowledge of what you do with him. And coaching is very incestuous. And so I, I think there's, there's always this idea that if you come out at a press conference and just rip Jim Harbaugh in Michigan and say they're unethical and they cheat and they don't do it the right way, then there's always a chance something that you've done in the past will get exposed. Not something as egregious as what Harbaugh in Michigan did, but uh, but things like that come out. And I, I, I think every, every fan that thinks that their program doesn't sort of bend rules different ways to get things on opponents, uh, I think they're kidding themselves. Going into this weekend, um, uh, are you going, by the way? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What um, If you're up in the press box, what are some factors that lead you in the first half to believe, man, this is Tennessee's day? And what are some things that would um, uh, concern you if you start seeing them uh, straight away? If Tennessee's running the ball well right off the bat, um, it, it's probably going to be a good day. Now, I'll say that more so for the second drive rather than the first. Um, Tennessee scored uh, a touchdown in its opening drive. I think it's seven of nine games this year. So in regards to the opponents, they come out and score right away. Once they get past that opening script and get to the second drive, I think if they're running the ball then when they have to, you know, sort of go beyond the initial script of plays, I think that tells you it's probably going to be a pretty good day because Tennessee needs to dictate uh, what, what, what the game is going to be. Uh, if, if that happens, I like that for Tennessee on that side. On the other side, if Tennessee can bring a pass rush through the middle of the line at Brady Cook, um, they're probably going to get some pressure on the edges, Tyler Barron and James Pierce. They've done that against most teams this year. Uh, but Brady Cook is, is, is good in the pocket. He knows how to step up. He knows how to get out of danger. He knows how to run. Um, he need, you need to bring pressure up into his face. And, uh, that's where, Omari, Omari Thomas and Omar Norman Lott and those guys are going to have to uh, have to do something. If they can get get pressure on Cook right in the in the A and B gap, then uh, then you've got something. Adam, I asked this question yesterday, and I want to ask you this: What is the next two games for Tennessee at Missouri, home against Georgia? What's the most likely scenario? Beat Missouri, um, lose to Georgia, lose to Missouri, beat Georgia, win both, lose both. I'm, I'm picking this week for Tennessee to win a close one at Missouri. Um, it, it kind of one affects the other. It, it, here's the thing. I think it, it – and also what Georgia does, I think, affects things. So let me spell it out like this. If I like Tennessee's chances to win this one. Again, a close one. So you win, win Missouri, 
But then what does Georgia do against Ole Miss? If Georgia beats Ole Miss and therefore clinches the SEC East, I think Georgia is more beatable at Neyland the following week if they've already wrapped up the SEC East. Um, you know, then they come in. It's still a big game to them, but they've already sort of got the but ticket punched. To, they're kind of looking Atlanta. at something higher, though, than just the SEC East, right? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, Georgia thinks they're going to win out and win the whole thing, and I, I wouldn't necessarily bet against them. If, if, but if if they were to get upset by Ole Miss Saturday night, and then their backs are up against the wall, and suddenly Georgia's got to win in Neyland, otherwise their reign as national national champions is over. I think it would be much harder for Tennessee to beat that team. Because that would be a focused Kirby Smart, a focused George Bulldogs team, and uh, this would be the biggest game of of their year. Um, so I guess you kind of have to look at it like, what do you want? Do you, you know, do you want a more beatable Georgia team, or do you want longer odds of beating Georgia? But if you did beat them, you uh, you know, you could you could get to Atlanta. I, I think that's that's a big question. But it, it comes down to how they do against Ole Miss. I like Tennessee's chance. Yeah, and, and if Georgia doesn't beat Ole Miss, that opens the door for Tennessee to be in the. Tennessee needs them to Ole Miss to win that game, though, to have a chance at the East, and that that means Tennessee Georgia for the East, which would bring out more focus in Georgia. You're saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I just think I think Tennessee would have a better chance of upsetting Georgia if Georgia had already beaten Ole Miss. If if it's a game to win the East. I like Georgia's chances in that one more than Tennessee because I think you get a more focused Georgia team. Adam, tell everybody where they can find you. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah, in print, the New Sentinel, uh, online, knoxnews.com, and on Twitter, at Adam Sparks. Adam, thank you so much. Uh, thanks, we'll guys. talk yeah, to you soon. You too. That's Adam Sparks, Knoxville New Sentinel, Tennessee Beat. Sean, we have about four minutes or so left in the show. And, Sean, your thoughts, your uh What's what's your thoughts of the show today? Uh, well, it's obviously uh, you've done a marvelous job. I barely hanging on, and I certainly <laughs> miss Tony. Uh, Get well, Tony. Even when I'm even when I'm working, I, uh, I I turn my dear friend on to listen to what he has to say because he uh, he makes me laugh every day. Uh, you know, I, I watch the the basketball balls Monday, and. Uh, um, I, I'm not good at basketball. I can't tell you who's going to make the Final Four or whatever. But they sure look good. And uh, uh, I've I wondered what's going to happen with Ves- Vescovy now that you have a new Vescovy on the court in uh, Dalton Connect. You know, he was a... Uh, a better version Vescovy. of Vescovy, maybe. Well, I don't know. I'm not saying that. I, I don't know about that. Uh, but Vescovy is always, you know, it was all the kids' favorites and... Um, uh, whatever, and the, I'm sure there's a little rust on there. How does he? How does he fit in? Does he become more of a uh, Marable's own Lee Humphrey at Florida? Stay out there and just bomb three pointers in your face? Um, does he try to go back to his penetration game that, in my opinion, doesn't suit him well? Uh, so I think that's going to be interesting. Um, I, I really enjoy watching. You know, I don't. There are no that I know of five stars. I. I think DeLeone or DeLeone was supposed to be good. He does not seem to be a one-and-done player to me. Um, no offense. Uh, but I really like 
uh, now seeing what Coach Barnes is doing, bringing in Estrella, Phillips, uh, the car kid, youngster, DeLeon. If I miss anyone, I apologize. But they all look like salt. Uh, solid prospects. And then he signed uh, uh, the Bishop youngster, the point guard uh, today, top ten point guard in the country. Uh, so I, um, you know, I, I think I think we could put to the side the whole retirement Rick um, deal. Uh, I, and I'm looking forward to watching this team uh, as they, especially starting Friday, because Wisconsin always seems to be a, a tough deal. Well, we hope to have somebody from Wisconsin on tomorrow to kind of preview that for us. But anyway, Sean, your final thoughts. We're going to wrap it up here about 90 seconds. Sean. Well, Tony, please uh, get better. Whatever you're suffering from, my friend, I'll pray for you. Uh, the community needs you back, but I understand you uh, You live on a, on a high wire with all the things you do, whether it's mentoring youngsters, people don't know about that. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. 
I'm a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Hey, Columbia, this is Sabian Beard with the Columbia Noon Rotary Club with some information and an invitation for you. If you don't already know about Rotary, it's an organization over 100 years old that focuses on service in the community, service through vocation, and service to the next generation. Many of our community figureheads participate in the local Rotary Clubs, and we need your help. Our main fundraiser for our service projects is the legendary Pancake Day, held on Saturday, November 11th from 6 to 4. Tickets are $10 for one or $25 for three, and may be purchased at the door or from any Noon Rotary member. Help us continue to serve your community and enjoy a splendid breakfast with your neighbors. See you there. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. If you're coping with a chronic condition or injury, your physician may recommend surgery to relieve pain, increase mobility, or improve your overall health. At Murray Regional Health, physicians on our medical staff perform surgical procedures in an array of specialty areas with the most advanced technology available. When you need surgery, count on our experienced surgical team to deliver exceptional care close to home. For more information, go to murrayregional.com surgery. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. 